Greetings, and welcome to another edition of Faith to Live By. I'm your host, Pam Christian, and I'm both a charismatic and an apologist. I seek to bring balance between rational thought and spiritual realities. And knowing how people today are starved for the truth more than any other time in our lifetimes, and also understanding the toll of fear and tragedies brought on by COVID-19, I use this time each and every week to help you discover and live in life-giving truth. I want all of us who are committed to Jesus Christ to effectively live in the victory power Christ died to give us. On other programs, we've talked about how God is sovereign over all things, but because angels and humans have free will, God is not responsible for all things. Angels and mankind were created with free will, allowing us to choose evil or to choose good. For decades upon decades, people on the earth have been steadily falling away from God and all that is good, increasingly indulging in all manner of carnal and soulish behaviors, and in so doing, we've actually helped the enemy expand his kingdom. This is precisely why the world is in the condition it is in today. And we have both the historical pattern of God's intervention and the prophetic promises of God's intervention, allowing us to understand what is happening and what we can expect. The Old Testament reveals how God intervened in the affairs of humanity whenever wickedness and evil had reached a tipping point. We see it first in the days of Noah when God was grieved that he had made mankind and he purged the earth of sin and wickedness with the great global flood. We read that in Genesis chapter 6. We also see how God intervened in the affairs of humanity in the days of mankind attempting to build the Tower of Babel in order to dethrone God, Genesis 11. We also read how God intervened on behalf of Abram to spare his nephew and family in the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, Genesis chapter 19. We learn how God repeatedly intervened in the lives of his people, the Jews, to rescue them, especially with the story of Exodus maybe being the most compelling of all the stories. But even with the many miraculous interventions by God as he judged the evil Egyptian pharaoh, it wasn't long until the Hebrew people rebelled against God again. Exodus 32 reveals, while Moses was on Mount Sinai, the Hebrews became impatient with the length of time Moses was gone, and they broke covenant by making an idol, a golden calf, and worshiping it with offerings and a feast. The very same people who were miraculously delivered from the Egyptian bondage, who didn't suffer any of the plagues God sent upon the Egyptians, who miraculously walked through the parted waters of the Red Sea within just a matter of 49 days, the number of days between Passover and Pentecost, broke covenant with God and turned to idol worship. Learning about the Exodus timeline is fascinating, and I'll have a link for you in the show notes. Again and again in the Old Testament, we read how God's people confess complete allegiance and devotion to God, followed by a season of falling away until it gets so bad that God intervenes. And we see the same thing in modern history up to and including this very day. We know God caused his people to wander a total of 40 years for what could have been an 11-day journey because he needed to purge the sin out of the camp before allowing the people to enter the promised land. The story of Korah's rebellion is recorded in the book of Numbers, and it's estimated to have taken place about the 38th year of their journey. As I summarize the story of Korah's rebellion, consider our present time where we have people openly challenging God's appointed leaders of today. Imagine the nomadic Hebrews on their journey through the dry desert led by Moses. It's estimated there are about 22 campsites the Hebrews established during their journey. The challenging journey tested everyone's faith and revealed those whose faith was more in themselves than God. 
Some grumbled against Moses as God's appointed leader, believing they could do better than Moses. Korah is remembered as the leader of the rebellion against God's appointed. Despite, and maybe because of his many qualities, Korah felt he was able to take a stance against Moses and Aaron, which ultimately led to his downfall. Korah was jealous of the fact that Aaron had been chosen as high priest to the exclusion of anyone else. Furthermore, one of Korah's cousins had been chosen as head of the Levite family of Kahat, to which Korah belonged, and Korah felt this position was rightfully his. Well, these personal grievances led Korah to stage a full-blown rebellion accompanied by Dathan and Ebram, troublemakers since their early days in Egypt. He rallied an additional 250 community leaders to his cause. Together, they confronted Moses and Aaron and claimed that Moses had appointed his brother as high priest on his own accord without being instructed to do so by God. They further demanded that all be allowed to serve as high priests. Now, are you catching this? Korah is claiming that Moses appointed his brother as high priest on his own accord, and Korah now is insisting that he and others be allowed to serve as high priests on his own accord. He doesn't have instructions from God that he should be in that position. What they are claiming Moses has done is exactly what they themselves are doing. Doesn't that sound like what's going on today? To demonstrate that Aaron was indeed ordained by God, Moses instructed them all to take pans the next day and offer incense before God, and God would accept the sacrifice of the one whom he deemed worthy. Well, Korah's group grew in size, as throughout the night he lured thousands to his side. So the next day, the 250 men approached the sanctuary with their incense-filled pans. Well, at this point, Moses warned the Jews to stay clear of the tents of Korah, Datham, and Abram. Addressing the crowd, Moses foretold of the punishment that would befall them, that the earth would open up its mouth and swallow them alive. No sooner had Moses finished speaking, the earth indeed opened up and swallowed Korah and his two cohorts, along with their families and possessions, never to be seen again. At the same time, a heavenly fire went forth and consumed the 250 incense bearers. And, as we read further, even that level of intervention by God did not put a proper fear of the Lord in some of the people. In Numbers chapter 16, verses 41 to 50, we read, But the next day all the congregation of the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and against Aaron, saying, You have killed the people of the Lord. And Moses and Aaron came to the front of the tent of meeting, and the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Get away from the midst of this congregation, that I may consume them in a moment. And Moses said to Aaron, Take your censer and put fire on it from the altar and lay incense on it and carry it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. So Aaron took it as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. And behold, the plague had already begun among the people. And he put the incense and made atonement for the people. And he stood between the dead and the living and the plague was stopped. Those who died in the plague were 14,700 besides those who died in the affair of Korah. What are some of the takeaways you get from this story? Maybe don't grumble against God's anointed? Or pride and presumption to instigate man's plan over God's plan leads to destruction? Or maybe learn your God-given assignment and stay in your own lane? Or perhaps God is ever at work to expose and eradicate evil, especially among his own people. If you get something else from this, I'd really like to hear from you. I would like to know how this real story, this real historical event impacts you, especially given the times in which we are living. 
I definitely see parallels in our day, and as I and others have expressed, we expect God to intervene. And in fact, as events are unfolding today, he clearly is already intervening. The deception of Dr. Fauci is being exposed. The creation of the COVID-19 virus is being exposed. The governments and entities responsible are being exposed. The harm of the whole woke movement, big tech censorship, and cancel culture are being recognized for what they are. And the investigation of the election fraud is proving claims that many elections were stolen. And more is coming out about the truth of the vaccines. Additionally, perpetrators of the human trafficking and gross crimes against children are being revealed. God may not open up the ground and swallow the evildoers, but we can now for certain see his justice that's being administered, and we should expect even more to occur. Always, for the sake of a remnant of his people and the glory of his name, God intervenes in the affairs of mankind. Each time he does, there is judgment imposed upon the wicked and rewards for the faithful. This is what we are beginning to experience all around the world today. Psalm 119 verse 126 says, It is time for the Lord to act, for they have broken your law. End quote. Very clearly, when people have broken God's law, he acts. When evil and corruption have reached a tipping point, God always intervenes in the affairs of mankind. And I believe we are at such a tipping point in these present days. These very days are actually days of grace, where people are being caused to see the gross increase of evil and corruption of every kind, and we were given opportunity to choose to run away from evil and into the righteousness of God. Those who do will see reward when God intervenes. Those who don't will see his judgment. We are clearly living in a time of God's expressed justice. Addressing our present days, Cindy McGill wrote the following, quote, While we understand a sovereign move from heaven is imminent, there is also an urgency for action, not just from heaven, but from God's church. When the Lord acts, he uses his people, his church, to occupy, take ground, and to be positioned in places where decisions are being made and changes happen. If there ever was a time for God's church to act, it's now. Fearless, forward motion is needed. The devil may have power to shift minds with his lies and manipulation, but he does not have authority. We do. We read in Matthew 28, 18-20, then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Cindy continues, When the church is mobilized into action, knowing the authority of Jesus residing inside of us, God backs us up in the places he sends us to take ground and make decisions according to his plans and purposes thus bringing things back into alignment and overturning destructive decisions. Small groups have great influence. Small groups that are intentional in prayer, receiving strategies, and taking action will be used by God to shift cities, counties, school districts, and neighborhoods. And as they multiply and mobilize, change will happen. Bringing back into alignment God's plan and purpose and His power and favor backs His will. Prayer is the most important action needed as God divinely instructs his people with timing, wisdom, and plans to advance his kingdom and set in order the things that are out of order. Lawlessness is defeated when the church arises and takes her place. God's eyes go back and forth throughout the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are loyal to him. See Second Chronicles 16 verse 9. He's looking for people who will take the charge 
and take back what has been stolen. His power is unlimited and his plans are sure. As God makes a way where there seems to be no way, corrupt leaders will be replaced with God-fearing leaders who won't back down or be intimidated. It's time for you to act and take your place in this pivotal time in history. God is with us. Fear not. End quote. I have to ask you, are you willing to take your place in God's plan to advance his kingdom? Remember, scriptures say, whoever is not for us is against us. So by default, if we are not actively and intentionally engaged in God's plan, we are against him. If you've listened to this program before, you've heard me say that many people are asking, where is God in all this? And I hear God asking, where are my people in all this? As you consider what I've shared so far, understanding that God is already intervening, bringing justice and judgment, reward and punishment, what do you think you'll receive? God has been exposing evil and corruption in the highest places. He's exposing hidden places with his penetrating light of truth. This past year and several months have been a time where God's grace has been extended to give people a chance to repent and turn from their wicked ways to be restored unto him so that they can be spared judgment. Who were the people in the story of the Exodus who never entered the promised land? They were God's people who were rebellious at heart. They weren't unbelievers. These are urgent times, pressing times, sobering times, times when truth is difficult to find and in fact has been intentionally obscured. Many things that in the past have been called conspiracy theories are actually being proven to be true. What we think is true, whether it is or not, will determine our response. Today, it is more important than ever that we search to confidently know truth and obediently align ourselves with God for his protection. I've been observing and learning all I can since late 2019 about current events. I believe God wants me to be a source to help people discover truth and, and the hope for our future. My heart has been both heavy and eagerly expectant. I have loved ones who don't see the warnings I see. They have believed the lies and the deceptions of media and government. They have allowed fear to motivate them and were among the first to get the vaccine, so-called vaccine. When I try to explain my reasons for not wanting the COVID-19 vaccine, they think I'm one who's caught up in conspiracy theories. In reality, self-appointed elite, the Koras of today, believe they are the enlightened ones who should be controlling the rest of us, who have been planning their takeover of our republic for decades with intentions to turn our nation into a Marxist communist country. They're the ones who've been hiding their true agenda with the cooperation of media to keep us from knowing the truth. Cancel culture, big tech censorship, and social media giants are all in this together. And to keep us from believing any truth that we might discover, they are quick to claim conspiracy theory or racist or any number of other popular counterclaims that are in reality a projection of what they themselves are doing. Knowingly or unknowingly, they are following the devil and carrying out his plans of destruction. However, the God they don't believe exists is exposing their every move. For example, Senator Rand Paul recently called Dr. Fauci out for funding slash assisting risky gain-of-function research that made COVID-19 contagious from animals to humans and thus from humans to humans. Do you know what gain-of-function means? It means to make the virus even more destructive than originally capable. 
An article published in Natural News stated, quote, the Chinese Communist Party would love to take down America and turn it communist, and their point man, Dr. Fauci, has been caught lying under oath about assisting in getting the research funded and carried out in order to create and release COVID-19. It's premeditated mass genocide, planned and funded by an American. Funded by the lead disease specialist that most of mainstream America and the CDC take advice from daily, end quote. I'll have a link for you for this article in the show notes. Dr. Fauci has been exposed as one of the creators of COVID-19 under the Obama administration. Dr. Fauci moved the research from a U.S. lab to Wuhan, China, and assisted in getting the National Institute of Health to fund it through United States grants under his leadership. Truth is being revealed by God, regardless how much the perpetrators try to cover it up and give it different names to keep us fooled about the real agenda. The article states Dr. Fauci is trying to spread a disease pandemic style, then inject everyone with the inoculations that create prions in the human body, causing blood clots, cancer, dementia, strokes, and other variants of COVID that are even more virulent and even more dangerous to the vaccinated, end quote. Mr. Bob Hall, a member of the Texas Senate Committee on State Affairs, explained deaths due to vaccines. In 2019, there were 203 vaccine-related deaths reported to VAERS, that stands for Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System. In 2018, there were 119 reported vaccine-related deaths. In 2017, there were 85 reported vaccine-related deaths. However, from December 2020 to April 23, 2021, in about a four-month period, there were 3,362 vaccine-reported deaths, roughly 30 people a day when the COVID vaccine is being administered. The Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System is believed to represent only 1% of what actually occurs. Add to this that 45 million people were vaccinated for the swine flu when 53 people died from the vaccine and the program was immediately halted. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. I also recently read an article about how those who have received the COVID vaccine cannot give blood. The American Red Cross website proclaims, quote, vaccinated people cannot donate convalescent plasma. Again, I'll have a link for you in the show notes. You know, this is really curious because according to the Mayo Clinic, recognized as the number one hospital overall and top-ranked hospitals in 12 specialties by the United States News and World Report, they explained what convalescent plasma is. Quote, convalescent plasma therapy uses blood from people who've recovered from an illness to help others recover. This means that people who naturally contract a disease who have the natural immunities are desirable for blood donations. However, the Red Cross states, because convalescent plasma for the treatment of COVID-19 has not yet been approved for use by the FDA, it is regulated as an investigational product, end quote. Many people don't know that the so-called vaccines are not a vaccine, and they're only approved by the FDA for emergency use only to be administered to those who are made fully aware of the potential risks who voluntarily take the injection. Well, with little to no animal studies, humans have become the biggest lab for the pharmaceutical companies who cannot accurately inform the patient of the potential side effects because they don't know them. There are no long-term studies. 
and the manufacturers of the so-called vaccines are exempt from any legal action against them. I'll have links for you in the show notes on all of this. John Fleetwood, managing editor for American Faith, published an article referencing an interview by Lead Stories of a representative from the Red Cross, and he wrote the following, quote, The FDA page linked by Lead Stories does not indicate why it is that specifically vaccinated COVID-recovered individuals cannot donate blood. In fact, the word vaccine only appears one time in the over 1,500-word article and only in reference to how investigational convalescent plasma is collected, not why such vaccinated individuals cannot donate their blood plasma. It is at this time unclear why the American Red Cross and the FDA are refusing convalescent blood plasma donations from these COVID-recovered vaccinated individuals, end quote. God is clearly revealing truths that we must heed. For any of us to react in fear without proper research for truth will create more harm. Please be sure to check out the links I have in my show notes. I work to discover truth and to share it with you so that you can research and make up your own mind. As I watch all the oppression and control and hear announcements from the Biden administration about their plans for the future, I see our freedoms and our rights being systematically removed. But what is worse are the numbers of people who are going along with it without questioning it. In Hosea 4.6, God clearly states, My people perish for lack of knowledge. I have many concerns about the so-called vaccine, and we each one should do our own research and prayerfully decide what's best for our own bodies. I don't understand why fully vaccinated people are adamant about other people they'll be in company with also being vaccinated. I mean, if you're vaccinated, you're immune, aren't you? I mean, if I show up with a recent negative COVID test, or as one who has had COVID and I have recovered, then I have the natural antibodies, Where is there any risk for anyone? I read an article about how people in Sweden are readily accepting the injection of microchip implants. Their personal data is part of the chip, and they pay their bills with a wave of their hand. They use microchips instead of train tickets, or they scan their chip to open doors. The stated long-term goal is to help medical care. Well, how does that sound to you? I'll have a link for you with that article in the show notes. I happen to be a miraculous survivor of sudden cardiac arrest. I literally died and was revived. And I'm one who lives with what is known as an automatic implanted cardiovascular device. I don't like the trend of people accepting vaccines and implants. You might think I would, but I don't. I understand that the device that's been surgically implanted for me can help save my life. But the whole thing is eerie, and I feel all this present effort is to garner widespread acceptance for transhuman experimentation. You know, the other day, I was at my cardiologist's office to get a checkup on the device to ascertain the level of the battery. My sudden cardiac arrest occurred when I was in my 40s, and it was most unexpected in the sense that I was not overweight, I wasn't a smoker, I didn't have any history of heart issues for myself or my family. I was actually playing tennis when it happened. My testimony is available online, and it's a compelling, dramatic story that is also riddled, believe it or not, with humor. Focus on the Family has run it a few times, and I personally spoke at the University of California first annual day of women's health, and I've had several interviews and publications sharing my story. Each time, I hear back from someone about how simply hearing my story allowed them to be aware of oncoming symptoms and get help, which saved either their life or someone that they were with. I urge you 
to listen to my testimony. You'll find a link in the show notes. But here's the deal. When I go to the doctors, the technician places a reading device near the surgically implanted device in my body. The technician then stands about five to six feet away, monitoring a computer. With the controls on his computer, he is able to manipulate the beating of my heart. They test the beating fast, then they test it slow. I can feel every bit of it. Are you understanding what I'm saying? The technician with the computer is in control of my heart. In the hands of moral doctors and technicians with only intentions of helping to save life and improve quality of life, it's good. But in the hands of those who want to manipulate and control others, it could be exceedingly bad. I wish the Swedes and anyone else who's embracing artificial intelligence combined with the human body to seek the Lord for his direction and instruction above all else. Intercessors for America published an excellent article titled Transhumanism, How Should Christians Respond? You'll want to read it, so I have a link for you in the show notes. And from that article, we learn, quote, With the advent of COVID-19 pandemic, a new world order of leaders have emerged to launch what they call the Great Reset. Klaus Schwab, the founder and the executive chairman of the World Economic Forum, insisted, quote, The world must act jointly and swiftly to revamp all aspects of our societies and economies. Every country from the United States to China must participate, and every industry from oil and gas to tech must be transformed. In short, we need a great reset of capitalism. And Christians who hold a biblical worldview, it's important to understand what these leaders are envisioning. So, what is the fourth industrial revolution? Since 2016, Klaus Schwab has been saying the fourth industrial revolution is coming where we must merge our physical, digital, and biological identities. He describes this revolution in an article published on the World Economic Forum's website. Then within the article, they quote from the website, The fourth industrial revolution, finally, will change not only what we do, but also who we are. It will affect our identity and all the issues associated with it, our sense of privacy, our notions of ownership, our consumption patterns, the time we devote to work and leisure, and how we develop our careers, cultivate our skills, meet people, and nurture relationships. It is already changing our health and leading to a quantified self, and sooner than we think it may lead to human augmentation. The list is endless because it is bound only by our imagination. End quote from the website. A couple of things stand out in this quote as alarming. First of all, what does he mean when he says it will affect our identity, our sense of privacy, and our notions of ownership? Even more concerning, what does he mean when he says the fourth industrial revolution is already changing our health and leading to a quantified self? Then he says, quote, sooner than we think, it may lead to human augmentation. There's so much more to this article, and I highly suggest you use the link in the show notes to read it for yourself and share it, please. And another development recently reported is the first monkey-human embryo. Yep, this is a real thing. April 15th, 2021, Nature published an article with the headlines, quote, First monkey-human embryos reignite debate over hybrid animals, then stating, quote, The chimeras lived up to 19 days, but some scientists questioned the need for such research, end quote. Did you catch that? Only some scientists 
question the need for such research. What does this tell us about the mindset of the other scientists? I know you'll want to learn more, so yes, there are links in the show notes on this as well. As disturbing as many of the present-day reports are, what we must be certain to do is not let fear take root. With the onslaught of propaganda and censorship, the effort to fight fear with truth is the greatest in our lifetime. If we seek the Lord, He will help us overcome fear with truth. If you are among those who have already received the vaccine, don't let the enemy cause you to fear. Nothing is too difficult for God. He has already been showing up in various places around the world, providing supernatural healings. The leadership of the organization known as Blessed to Teach is offering help for those vaccinated. There will be an email for you in the show notes that you can use to inquire of them what some of the protocols would be. Next week, we'll continue to consider current events and explore how we as Christians need to respond. In keeping with the theme of today's podcast, I highly recommend my book, Examine Your Faith, Finding Truth in a World of Lies. If you use the promo code TRUTH, T-R-U-T-H, at checkout on my website, you'll receive a 20% discount and I'll autograph my book for you if you'd like. And if you've liked what you've heard on my podcast today, I ask you to show your support in whatever way you can. It is expensive to do this, but I really am here for you. And if you can show me that you are there for me, it could be a win-win. One of the products I'm really having fun with is a bumper sticker that says, Make America Godly Again. They're available for $5 each, and they're beautiful red, white, and blue vinyl stickers that will hold up nicely in the weather. I hope you'll get as many as you can and give some away. It would be really great to see that sentiment on bumper stickers and tote bags and bus benches and anywhere we can place a sticker. Another thing I suggest you do, especially if you like what you've heard today, is to consider becoming a member of my bi-monthly e-newsletter. I only send out an e-newsletter every other month because I don't want to become somebody who's not welcome in your inbox. But consider doing that. And when you do, when you do subscribe, there's also an opportunity for you to select one of the free gifts that you'd like. And I also offer free resources and bonus items on my website, faithtoliveby.com, and on the Charisma Podcast Network site. And if you haven't already, why don't you consider subscribing to this podcast? That way you won't miss a single edition. I hope you'll join me next week and tell your friends and family to listen right here on Faith to Live By, where we learn how to gain spiritual victory over life's issues. Until next week, I'm Pam Christian, asking you to remember Christ died for us. The least we can do is live for Him.